A beautiful she-dragon who was said to glitter the color of silver. Quote, It was Princess Reina, legend says, who put a dragon's egg in Princess Elizan's cradle, just as she had for Prince Jaehaerys two years earlier. If those tales be true, from those eggs came the dragons Silverwing and Vermithor, whose names would be writ so large in the annuals of the years to come. Queen Alizand Targaryen was the first rider to Silverwing. She was also known as Good Queen Alizand. And that's an excerpt from Fire and Blood. Alizand was a small woman with a slim waist and petite frame, with a long neck, a fair complexion, a high forehead, and high cheekbones. Alizand was described as pretty, but seldom as beautiful. She had blue eyes and honey-colored curls which turned white as snow in old age. She wore it in a bun. In later years, age left crow's feet around her eyes and laugh lines about her mouth, although her face never lost its strength. Following Aene's death, Queen Visenya Targaryen brought her son Magor the Cruel back from his exile. At Dragonstone, Magor claimed the Iron Throne for his own ignoring the claim of Alizan's eldest brother, Aegon. Before he could arrive, Alizan's mother took her and her brothers, Viserys and Jaehaerys, to Driftmark. Late that year, they traveled to King's Landing for the wedding of King Magor I to Tyanna of the Tower, pulled back and pinned behind her ears, prisoners in all but name. Following the wedding, Alizan, Jaehaerys, and their mother were kept on Dragonstone by Queen Visenya, while Alysanne's brother Viserys was kept in King's Landing by Magor. Alysanne, Jaehaerys, and Queen Alyssa escaped Dragonstone in 44 AC, in the chaos following Visenya's death. As the realm slowly began to turn against Magor the Cruel, Alysanne's only brother, Jaehaerys, put forward his claim for the throne. Aegon had been killed in battle by Magor in 43 AC. Viserys had been tortured to death by Magor in retaliation for the escape of Alizan, Jaehaerys, and Alyssa from Dragonstone. Alizan stood beside Jaehaerys as he vowed to end Magor's reign at Storm's End. By 48 AC, Alizan had become the first dragon rider of Silverwing after King Magor I Targaryen's death. Alizan flew Silverwing to King's Landing, together with her brother Jaehaerys and her sister Reyna upon their dragons Vermithor and Dreamfire, so Jaehaerys could claim the Iron Throne. Alizan loved music, dancing, reading, and flying on Silverwing. She was a fearless woman. Alizan was said to be a fine archer and hunter in her youth and became renowned for her charities. In 49 AC, Jaehaerys and Alizan flew Vermithor and Silverwing from the Red Keep to Dragonstone secretly to marry. During the course of Jaehaerys long reign, he mostly traveled and visited with lords and spoke to the people of their towns and villages, soaring on Silverwing beside him. Later that year, Alizan and Jaehaerys flew Silverwing and Vermithor to Storm's End so that they could be with their mother Alyssa when she died in labor. He would fly there upon Vermithor with Queen Alizan. Alizan later flew Silverwing to Dragonstone to comfort her sister Reyna in her grief 
for the deaths of her companions. In 56 AC, when the Targaryens began to house dragons in the dragon pit, Silverwing and Vermithor did not join them, but instead remained at the keep, where they would be close to the riders. The Targaryens are more powerful, and there is more magic that exists when they are close to their dragons and when they have a closer bond. Like it's said by some people, and I kind of believe it too, that the decline of the dragons after the Dance of the Dragons, and that is very smart because it's said that was also due to the fact that the dragons were kept in the dragon pit more so as slaves and companions to the riders. And that's why the relationship kind of grew weak and they faded out. They were just born sickly. The last dragon was really small and sickly and deformed. In 58 AC, Elizan flew Silverwing to White Harbor, Winterfell, and later the Wall. On a planned royal progress that Jaehaerys was initially unable to accompany due to duties in King's Landing. In White Harbor, tens of thousands of northerners turned out to cheer Alizan and gape at Silverwing with awe and terror. At Winterfell, Lord Alaric Stark refused to allow Silverwing within his walls, recalling the burning of Harrenhal. Later, Alizan's charm convinced him to approach Silverwing, though warily. Quote, Elizan later grew bored waiting for Jaehaerys to, to arrive at Winterfell and flew Silverwing to the wall. The men of the Night's Watch were as thunderstruck by the Queen's dragon as the people of White Harbor had been, though the Queen herself noted that Silverwing does not like this wall. Though it was summer and the wall was weeping, the chill of the ice could still be felt whenever the wind blew, and every gust would make the dragon hiss and snap. Thrice I flew Silverwing high above Castle Black, and thrice I tried to take her north beyond the wall, Alizan wrote to Jaehaerys. But every time she veered back south again and refused to go. Never before has she refused to take me where I wished to go. I laughed about it when I came down again, so the Black Brothers would not realize anything was amiss. But it troubled me then, and it troubles me still. So was that some foreshadowing into the White Walkers and the magic of the wall? And maybe Silverwing knew that if she flew past the wall, maybe the White Walkers could break through and the magic spell, if there was a magic spell on the wall, would be broken. The dragons are probably smarter than people in most ways in that by instinct they know magic and they know spells and they know what's going on more so than people actually do. In 82 AC, Elizan flew Silverwing to the Eyrie to be with her daughter, Daella Targaryen, during her first pregnancy and childbirth. In 92 AC, Elizan quarreled with Jaehaerys over his decision over his decision to pass over his granddaughter, Rhaenys, the only heir of his deceased eldest son, Aemon, in favor of his son, Balon, in the line of succession. Alizan departed King's Landing and flew to Dragonstone on Silverwing, where she remained apart from Jaehaerys for two years. In an estrangement that became known as the Second Quarrel, the couple reconciled in 94 AC, so two years later, with the help of their daughter, though they never agreed on the succession. Quote, All these loves were lost to her in the last decade of her life. My uncle Magor was cruel. Elizam was heard to say, Septa Miguel, 
But age is crueler. Worn out from childbirth, travel, and grief, she grew thin and frail after Eamon's death. Climbing hills became a trial to her, and in 95 AC, she slipped and fell on the serpentine steps, breaking her hip. Thereafter, she walked with a cane. Her hearing began to fail as well. Music was lost to her, and when she tried to sit in the council meetings with the king, she could no longer understand half of what was said. She was far too unsteady to fly. Silverwing last carried her into the sky in 93 AC. When she came to earth again and climbed painfully from her dragon's back, the queen wept. Silverwing sadly became riderless upon Alizan's death in 100 AC. So, so sad. So, for seven years during her life, she couldn't ride her dragon and I'm sure I don't know I'm sure she probably went out and visited Silverwing there isn't much nothing wrote about it but she couldn't ride on Silverwing's back and I'm sure that was devastating I can only imagine she probably felt like she was already half dead already because she couldn't do everything that she was able to do and then after Alizan's death Silverwing returned to Dragonstone, where she made her lair in one of the smoking caverns of the Dragonmont. She remained there riderless for 29 years, when Prince Jacaris Valerion decided that his mother, Queen Rhaenyra Targaryen's faction, the Blacks, needed more dragon riders. He sent out a call for men to claim one of the riderless, riderless dragons upon Dragonstone. A mushroom relates a story in his testimony about his attempt to mount Silverwing. This is pretty funny. Like, Mushroom is one of my favorite characters probably as well. I know I say a lot of people are my favorite characters, but Mushroom is a good character, and I really hope that he is in House of the Dragon, but I kind of have my doubts. I think they might cut him, but in books, he's, he's a really good character. So it says that, in his testimony about his attempt to mount Silverwing, which was considered to be the most docile of the masterless dragons, it is an amusing, if unlikely, tale which ends with Mushroom running across the ward of Dragonstone with the seat of his pants on fire and nearly drowning when he leaps into the well to quench the flames. <laughs> See, you don't like you can't just ride a dragon, not anybody. You gotta have the blood of the dragon can't just be like oh this dragon's riderless i think i'm going to um i'm going to become bonded with this dragon now because you would be in for a big surprise <laughs> during the sowing of the seeds silverwing accepted a dragon seed a dragon seed man at arms called ulf the white as her rider ulf rode silverwing to battle in the battle in the gullet along with vermithor sheep stealer Vermax and Seasmo. Silverwing descended upon the ninety warship sailing under the banners of the three daughters. When King's Landing fell to Rhaenyra Targaryen's supporters, Ulf landed Silverwing upon the Hill of Rainies, outside of the Dragon Pit. In the Dragon Pit, Silver made a lair before flying off to battle. Ulf rode Silverwing into battle during the first battle at Tumbleton. Ulf and fellow dragon seed Hammer, who had claimed Vermithor, changed allegiance. 
betraying Rhaenyra in favor of Aegon II, Silverwing, Vermithor, and Tazerion, the dragon of Aegon II's brother, Prince Daron, let loose their flames upon Tumbleton, which was savagely sacked. Ulf and Silverwing remained with the Hightower host at Tumbleton, an army of 4,000 men strong, led by Sir Adam Valerion, upon the dragon sea smoke, surprised the high tower host at Tumbleton with their nighttime attack. Ulf slept through the battle, but even without a rider, Silverwing took to the sky during the battle. When Sir Hobart Hightower, one of the caltrops, gave Ulf poisoned wine, Silverwing became riderless once again. Both Silverwing and Vermithor were always left unchained and remained outside the walls of the town, free to hunt and fly as often as they wished. And they were often close together until Vermithor's death. It was a very tight bond, just like their original riders, Alizan and Jaehaerys. Silverwing and Vermithor were known to coil in the fields together to keep each other company. Long friends that they were. I love this aspect of Fire and Blood, and it just shows how intelligent and passionate dragons truly were. There's depth to them, probably more depth than a lot of the characters that were human. Quote, a crossbowman let fly a bolt at Silverwing, we are told, and two score mounted knights closed on Vermithor, with sword and lance and axe, hoping to dispatch the beast whilst he was half asleep and on the ground. They paid for that folly with their lives. So, like, there's no sense of sneaking up on a dragon. You're not going to win. They can sense you coming. They're going to get you. It's been tried before, and it seemed to fail most times. So, after a savage second battle at Tumbleton, it is quoted as follows. On the morning after the battle, the conquerors of Tumbleton looked out from the town walls to find their foes gone. The dead were strewn all around the city, and amongst them sprawled the carcasses of three dragons. One remained, Silverwing, good Queen Alizan's mount in days of old, had taken to the sky as the carnage began, circling the battlefield for hours, soaring on the hot winds rising from the fires below. Only after dark did she descend, to land beside her slain cousins. Later, singers would tell of how she thrice lifted Vermithor's wing with her nose, as if to make him fly again. But this is most like a fable. The rising sun would find her flapping listlessly across the field, feeding on the burned remains of horses, men, and oxen. Oh, I'm feeling a lump in my throat. This part really gets to me every time. It's just so sad. This shows the feelings and poor Silverwing lost Alizan, who I'm sure treated her like the precious girl that she was. And I'm sure they had a really close relationship. You know, it really makes me sad that she lost Verma Thor. It sounds like a Disney movie, but without the happy ending. You know, poor Silverwing, such a good girl, left alone in the world thanks to the selfish war, self-sabotaging a whole family. At Tumbleton, Lord Unwin Peak offered a thousand golden dragons to any knight of noble birth able to claim Silverwing. 
Out of the three men who came forth, the first had his arm torn off and the second burned to death. The third man then changed his mind. So Silver Wang remained riderless. Quote, aside from Lady Aside from Lady Reyna's hatchling, only three living dragons remain in all of Westeros. Sheep Stealer had vanished with the girl Nettles, but was thought to be somewhere in Crackclaw Point or the Mountains of the Moon. Cannibals still haunted the eastern slopes of the Dragonmont. Silverwing at last report had departed the desolation at Tumbleton for the Reach, and was said to have made her lair on a small stony isle in the middle of Red Lake. Queen Alisande's silvery she-dragon had accepted a second rider, Boris Baratheon pointed out. Third, claim the dragon and your crown is secure. But Aegon II was as yet unable to walk or stand, much less mount and ride a dragon. Nor was his grace strong enough for a long journey across the realm to Red Lake through regions infested with traitors, rebels, and broken men? The answer, the answer was no, answer plainly. Not Silverwing, his grace declared. I will have a new sunfire, producer and fiercer than the last. So it wasn't made clear how or when Silverwing died, and we probably will never know. Some speculate that she may reappear in the winds of winter, and it would be cool to see a dragon reappear, but Silverwing would be really, really old if that were if that were the case. So I have my doubts. I think it'll just be left open for our own interpretation to what happened to her afterward. I just hope that she lived a happier, peaceful life for the last of her days. She wasn't a slave to humans anymore, and that she just did her thing. Flew around, did some hunting, got a lair going in a cave, made her cave comfy. Hopefully she wasn't too sad about Vermithor <laughs> and that she eventually let that go and could live on happily ever after. And that's all that there is for me to tell you about Silverwing. So once again, I thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.